0: Episode 94, Mike Reynolds. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn, and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, today we've got a Hustlin' innovator CEO on the show, Mike Reynolds with Innovate Map. And Mike is going to share some insights on how he's built a culture that innovates constantly and moves fast to get things done. They have a unique way of working on teams that affect speed and relationship building. Let's dig into this with Mike. Mike, help us see through your lens. How do you view culture at InnovateMap?
1: I'll just give some quick context of the profession we're in. We're a professional service uh, actually in the digital space, specifically on the strategy and design side. So you know companies are hiring us and um, we're delivering a very premium service to them. Well, for starters, people that do well at our company, uh, in fact, almost the common DNA is we're selfless people. I mean, you don't join a profession where you're a service if you aren't eager to give, eager to share, eager to help. Obviously, if you're in a business where you're getting hired for that service, you need people who are maybe exceptional. Candidly, we look for Great character and great skill, and then kind of breed a, a culture internally about about around team and, and client is first and collaboration is key. We are believers. One and one can equal three. Uh, people build off each other's ideas. So very much one of teamwork, client first. No bad ideas, but definitely understand that you are. Being hired to be an expert. And so there's definitely this expert, this strive to be an expert, to strive to be the best at your craft. And I, I kind of rattled off a, several things, but hopefully that even just in a short period of time painted a picture of, of the InnovateMap culture
0: super helpful. So let's talk about how you help cultural norms stick or become memorable, especially bringing in that new hire that is selfless and ready to give and really do- dive into the work that they're doing. Talk about some of the things that you do maybe through onboarding and just constant reiteration to make those cultural norms that you have stick.
1: Yeah, this is good. I'm smiling even though I uh, this is already I, I uh, and and the reason this is one we had to work with to scale. We've been around, we're in our seventh year, you know, year three, it was one of those where our hiring process, which I'm happy to allude to as well in a little bit, but we'd hire someone that we, we thought was exceptional, but also fit our company values. I don't necessarily want to say they fit their company, or culture, but they fit our company values. And I say that because they themselves are going to help create the culture and be part of that culture. But when they come in, a lot of times early on, it was I liked the first impression of the culture, maybe when I interviewed, but to really feel it, I, you had to be there a while. And I knew that that wasn't the best way to maybe convey a fit as we try to get team members on board. We don't broadcast our values very broadly. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, or at least our team is we'd rather behave that way. Actions, not words. You know, there's nothing would delight me more for me to say to someone that's maybe worked with us several years or to a team or, Hey, these are our. Our, these are our values. And they say, oh, yeah, totally get it, totally see it. That would make me feel great. But when you do come in the door, we make those very visible to you. And one, one key piece that immediately gets teamwork on board is as part of your first three-week orientation, I we ask that you uh, schedule a one-on-one meeting with everyone in the company to get to know them and, and get to know their what they do at Innovate Map and how they contribute. And I think that that is Unique to us, you know, I say we're, we're a firm of 21, you know, so uh, we are able to, you know, we're not a company of 300 where that would be impossible, but it is it is definitely not acceptable to maybe just meet the team that you will be working with all day uh, and maybe the silo, the pocket of two or three people that's maybe in your sub team, things like that. And that, that starts to, you know, give people kind of a real well rounded view of the common denominators of what. Company culture is shared by all, so and defined by all. So we'll, we'll make sure that you're uh, meeting all. Is just something we do on onboarding.
0: Awesome. So you've mentioned a, a couple of unique traits of team members at Innovate Map, and I know you hire in a unique way. So tell us about how you hire, especially finding those people who fit the cultural norms and the just the, the runway of like ready to get stuff done.
1: Yeah, this is, so knowing, and this is going to be different for other business. So what I'm about to say, some people are probably going to listen to me like, I can't do that for my business. I, I aspired from day one. In fact, like one of my goals was never to post a role. And let me kind of unpack what I, what, what's behind that. I, I felt that if, the, 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 if a job description was to be posted, we were almost too late to the game. We, we saw a need. We craftily articulated the need. Now we got to go find someone that immediately fits that exact crafting. And that's not... Going to fit with uh, not only our pace, but we need to be, get done. Uh, we look at a little bit reverse, maybe almost like a marketing or sales pipeline, which is I'm always, and our team is always out looking for incredible talent, incredible people. You know, it's almost like we've got maybe a potential pipeline in mind. And then, candidly, when the business is at a point where we need to grow or possibly add a, a team member for a particular need or set of jobs to be done. Uh, who comes to mind that was wonderful at that and that we'd love to work with? And then, you know, and met, that, that may then start the conversation. We'll reach out and start that conversation. That is how we have built the team thus far. And, and a couple of things around that. One is we, we almost have a backlog or pipeline of wonderful professionals that we either just know about and fully respect their craft or, 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 or someone where we know they're a great character and we love to maybe someday find them a fit. And then we let the business kind of dictate that, you know, as we've kind of seen. Hey, here's a couple things we're really seeing come down the road, or we we need help on, and uh, who comes to mind that could fit that? And and like I said, then we're reaching out and starting that conversation, you know, and we're not, and that that works well with the business too, because what happens is we're we're typically finding someone that's uh, is a fit for what we need right now, uh, and a lot of that, uh, you know, we're not sifting through. Uh, resumes in a desperate time frame to go fill a role. And, and that's very intentional because we are in a, you know, a, a premium professional service where when people are hiring our brand, they're expecting expertise and they're expecting a certain caliber uh, of a professional and a, and, and a culture of you know, someone's going to part with them and, and deliver a great experience. And, and these are kind of fundamental to who we are. And it's, it's evident in how we actually find talent.
0: What percentage of your team members that are there now or you know, have evolved and, and moved on have come from a referral, from a relationship?
1: Not as many as you would think. I'm just going to explain. Let me dive into that one. Equity, others, uh, is a core value of ours. And uh, we have found often referrals are people too close to your circle. And um, you know so a lot of times it may not be a referral from our team member, but a, a referral of a referral of a referral. And we do a really good job in building that talent pipeline to, to it extend into networks uh, and communities that we aren't known. Uh, everybody at Innovate Map is not like me and, and, and isn't someone that I maybe, I maybe have known. Very kind of proud of that. I think that that diversity in, this, in, in our team has really brought thoughts, ideas. Unlike ones that maybe would have existed there before, so I won't lie. Referrals are, are are great, you know, especially if it's one. Hey, I've worked with this wonderful person, and they're excellent at what they do. We are not going to ignore that, uh, but I, I will. I don't want that to be the only way that maybe you you, you get the impression about how we're finding. We are we are admiring uh, design sites, and we're admiring great stories and great professionals we've interacted with, and we do intentionally seek to build our network with that in mind.
0: So I want to go down this other path, which is around innovation. In order to get stuff done, people have to embrace change because things don't happen as planned, right? <laughs> we think one way and it doesn't necessarily go that way. So how did you get your team to adopt a mindset of constant innovation to really you know, embrace and see this getting stuff done happen all the time?
1: A couple of things. It is a high-end criteria. So I will say that to dive into what we look at, I mean, first and foremost, when you meet someone, the, the first phase is, are you professionally qualified? Uh, but that you know, should you have gotten to a point of the interview process, we you check that box. That's not what we're worried about. When we bring someone in for maybe the final round of validation, we're actually really interviewing them for do they fit our values? You know, are they really going to be a fit for our values? They're they're exceptional, they're highly qualified. We can see that from their background or the professional experience. We want to make sure that they they meet our, our values. And and we'll do you know conversational open-ended question or behavioral interviews. You know, we're not talking at this point in this conversation, we aren't talking about the resume. I, I mentioned that we are checked or qualified. And a lot of our behavioral interview questions is we're, we're trying to find things like initiative, adaptability, flexibility, innovation. So we're really diving into that. So one of it, it is an extremely intentional piece of our process to find if you're going to be a fit for innovate map. And and I, I mentioned a few of those, you know, inno- initiative, flexibility, adaptation. If, if you're sharing with us stories you, you can tell, story's the best way. You know, I don't need people to try and rehearse an answer to an interview question. I wanna hear how you handle yourself in situations and you can tell, and that's, it's been a great way for us to find people that we know are gonna be okay with change. And I'll just dive into that real quick. Companies hire us to help them innovate new strategies and, and in particular new uh, go-to-market products uh, in the digital space. And so a lot of time we're getting hired for our clients to be that new thinking and new spark. So for our clients, we have to be innovative. Uh, we are in a very fast-moving industry, so we have to innovate internally ourselves. So uh, to say that this is core, key, and key to innovate map is a, is a gross understatement. It is, <laughs> uh, it is essential.
0: So You mentioned stories. We love stories on the show. What does constant innovation look like at InnovateMap?
1: Two things come to mind that are probably a little bit different than most agencies. And this is really deep at a at a business model, and and this is something from the onset that I wanted to change. So this is this is really us innovating on our own business. You know, most most traditional agencies, their business model is you know time utilization, uh, billing by hours, and uh, you know that's not you know that doesn't always get you your best innovation. It certainly leaves very little time uh, to innovate internally. You know, and we we manage our internal operations very differently. But I'll just get to the to the great point, which is we do allow a lot of bandwidth for new thinking and tinkering. You know, we and that's a challenge for us internally to not you know to govern it so it's not wasteful uh, and it's not in lieu of great client experience. The client work comes first. Uh, but that being said, we're very comfortable when someone's plate. Uh, has a little capacity because capacity for for service individuals will, will fluctuate, you know. And we, we encourage that capacity to be to be turned inward and to think about innovate map. And you know we'll have individuals share new ideas all the time. So how does that manifest itself? Well, um, you know, every Monday we reserve a half hour for for show and tell. And this is for individuals to show and tell maybe great work that they've done on clients. That's awesome. That inspires new ideas and great work for other clients. But also internal ideas are fair play as well. You know, and so we we'll have people with a good thought. And there is actually a, a way for them to share that good thought that isn't like, well, no one will listen to me uh, or I'm going to show my boss and, oh, my boss likes it and they run up the ladder. That doesn't, that doesn't exist. There's no bad ideas. There's, a, there's an avenue to literally share that idea at the company. Uh, some of the best game-changing and groundbreaking ideas that have moved the business along have come from show and tell. We also will, you know, on a quarterly or twice-year a year basis, uh, take dedicated time, whether it be a, you know, a, you know, a three-day period, and declare that hey, it's it's we're gonna we're gonna take a focused set of time, uh, put client work at bay. It's always first, but we're gonna put innovate map first for a moment. And uh, here's some of the business things on our mind. Go. So I would say you have to foster that even structurally, and not just say it uh, to allow. And, and that helps. That helps individuals know it's authentic, you know, and that it's not just talk. Uh, that they, they can see that there is an avenue when well, always allowed. It it's encouraged. It's embraced. There's a a place to share it. Uh, I've seen my own ideas actually put into motion at the company. You've you've got to have a commitment to everything I just said in the in, in those final ten seconds uh, to really make it part of the culture and ingrained.
0: So this show is about employee engagement and making an impact for organizations. You mentioned capacity. So that's a key driver to engagement. And another key to engagement is relationships. So you were just sharing, you know, we, we build capacity and we like to have capacity time to think. Talk about how you have capacity and you build that in to build relationships and what that looks like inside Innovate Map.
1: So one thing that comes to mind is we're orientated more flat than we are hierarchical. And, and let me comment on that a little bit. So we've got the concepts of teams, you know, not, not orgs. So we've got a product design practice, the UX team, you know, and that's, that's, that's a very static team. If you're a UX designer, that's your profession. You don't just get to join that team because it sounds industry in, interesting, but a, a team member at innovate may, may identify themselves as I'm part of the UX team and I've got my three to four UX teammates that I'm definitely working a lot on. But then I'm going to be staffed on three to four client teams. <laughs> and I might be the UX designer partnered with a product manager, a product researcher, and a and a client lead. And that's that's my team. And I might have three to four of those. So and then I'll just also share with you a lot of core business ops functions like uh, marketing and business development. Those are teams. And if you've got an appetite to contribute to those, you can be on those teams. You know, so we've got Messaging experts who are part of our product marketing team and certainly would identify with being on the product marketing team, also on several uh, key contributors on several client teams. You know, maybe they're they're contributing to the marketing team by uh, by writing blogs on behalf of the company. And so, when I say that, if, if you take an individual and I just rattled off in that messaging expert example, that person in, internally at InnovateMap is is part of six very discrete different teams. And uh, each one of those teams is very different. Team members that they're working with. So you take one individual; they're probably interacting with, in, in a given week, twelve to thirteen Innovate Map team members, not just the three. And in, in, in what other terminology and other organizations would be in my department? You know, I'm in the finance department. I typically work with the finance department. I'm in the. Uh, you know i'm in the customer support department i'm typically with the customer support department we we foster the team relationship simply because of how we orientate around jobs to be done and when there's a lot of jobs to be done for the business we'll wrap around a team concept with a team lead and that's how work gets done at innovate map
0: i love that it's such a neat way to make sure that silos aren't happening especially when you've got a organization that moves as fast as you all do with you know getting stuff done it's like it, that cross functional you know team Organization that you've set up is it, that's awesome. Thank you for illustrating that. And it takes me into wanting to know more about your organizational structure because I know that there's some advantages to how you've shaped it. Because so, can you talk just a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we have four core team types, and I won't lie to you. This is this might have been vision onset and hearsay or tribal knowledge when we were, we were early on a team of f- five or six. But as we scaled and started to ingrain, you know, a team of twelve, uh, the biggest scaling opportunity for us was we went from twelve to twenty. Uh, that's when people are going to come in and be led by other people and maybe report to other people other than myself. And so this really forced us to kind of build a framework on, around our vision that was working for us so well. So we've got four categories of teams. We have really your functional discipline teams. I'm part of the UX team and its expertise. I'm part of our product management team. I'm part of, part of our product marketing team. And those teams are focused at being the best of what they are at their craft. Uh, we then have this notion of a and those are very static. We have this notion of client teams and those will really get assembled and disassembled based on a client uh, engagement, right? And those are temporary. I mean, we've longer client relationships and we'll keep those together, but they do, you know, get assembled and then they, you know, disassemble based on active project and client work. We then have another category which is business ops teams. So it's our business development team, our marketing team, our office and facilities team, our our, our culture and fun team, things like that. Uh, those are maybe more staffed based on, yes, excellence, but also a little bit of passion. If you want to get experience in some of those teams uh, assembled based on business need and 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 we have those. We kind of mastered this team concept. you know, you've got a team lead and here are the roles that they need to do, and then you've got team members, and here's their responsibilities. That we really doubled down on that for random, and so the fourth category we have is we call pop up teams. You know, so a business need might come up and it's extremely temporary, and it's it, the innovate map terminology is well, let's throw a pop up team around that. I mean, it could be as simple as, hey, we've got the Christmas party, uh, who's passionate about that and who wants to contribute to that? We're going to spin up a pop up team, might last two weeks, be a team of three to four team members that make it happen. They deliver on it and it's executed. Uh, We might have one that's even more operational based, like we're moving the office and we need to create a pop up team uh, to basically be the office move team and think through all the details and execute that. And uh, that's how we get stuff done fast. And it's as simple as I just described, which is, hey, we need to spin up a team and this is happening in hours, not, oh, my gosh, We've got a new thing. What org should this be assigned to? What person should have their job description expanded to now do this? Or even a larger function, what what job description we create and what is it to hire? We don't have any of that. We don't do that. And so we always are very nimble to rally around a business need. And, you know, and if the business need finds that it's more permanent and, and needs more solidified permanent team around it, we do that. But hopefully that gives a little bit of a context to how stuff gets done.
0: Absolutely. It's really, really helpful. And, you know, I just see, you know, really this is unpacking how teams and thriving teams that are engaged are really the key to getting things done and moving that quickly. I'd love to know, you know, there's so many organizations out there that see the title of this episode around getting things done. Like who doesn't want to, right? So I'd love for you to think just for a second on leaders that have blockers happening around getting things done. What are you know, some of those just traditional things that are happening, those normal things that are happening that maybe they just can't see clearly, they're just too close to it, but just these simple chess moves, if you will, could make a huge difference, uh, but they're just not there. What, what comes to mind?
1: Verse one is communication. So I'm a visual thinker, so if I had a whiteboard or a PowerPoint, if you kind of picture a typical hierarchical structure, you're going to see a typical org chart, and you see communication typically flows up and down, up and down. If you're in one organization and you need someone in another organization to know about, it, a lot of times you're telling your boss who has to go sideways to tell the peer in, their, in that function, and then they go down, and it's not, the, the flow of communication is slowed, if you're kind of picture us very on a chart in, in a series of two dozen Venn diagrams overlapping and each circle being varying in size, that, that's kind of how the teams are operating in Innovate Map. So let me give you a good example. We do have someone who leads the UX team, you know, and we've got UX designers. But one of those UX designers may very well be on a client. And although they're accountable to the head of the UX team, you know, for just being great at their craft they're accountable to the head of that client, you know, the, the engagement lead on that client relationship, the, the, the key senior strategy person from the organization that's kind of the company, the company relationship. You know, if that, if that client lead is having issues, for example, with the design, they're empowered to have that conversation immediately. In a more hierarchical organization, they'd be like, I have an issue with that person's design. I need to go ahead, talk to the head of design." I need to have that conversation if they are believe that this is an issue they've then got to go have that conversation and so one of this thing of just being flying a bit you know we do have structure but flying a bit is the speed to which communication happens and 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 that and that was probably a bad example because it was more of a corrective or feedback or uh, a guidance communication but I, but even just what you need to know to do your job well flows very quickly so you know the marketing and sales. And and I'll just, I, I can't picture, it's hard to picture, but just communication flows, not up, down at our company, but it flows fluidly and sideways. And that allows people to be equipped with what's going on. It allows people to be equipped with what the business values, what the business needs, and, and then they can act fast. So I would say that my long-winded answer to yours is communication is a blind spot. They, they might think they're doing well, but a lot of times they're not thinking, how can I break down barriers so that communication is moving faster?
0: Mike, thank you for your mentorship today. Awesome insights shared that can truly game change an organization's culture and productivity. So thank you for the time. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor message today, and we're going to come back to our lightning round where we'll learn just a little bit more about you, the, the personal side of you, Mike Reynolds. We'll be right back. Okay, so we all know not correctly tracking your employees' time, schedules, and leaves directly impacts things like payroll processing, compliance, and other critical parts of a business. But if you want to learn other ways, like maybe no-brainers, you know, those are just reminders, of course, and some not-so-obvious tips to impact your company's bottom line, go to Ascentus.com forward slash gut science. You can see that in the show notes. You can request a complimentary review of your processes and policies as a Gut Plus Science listener for free. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science with Mike Reynolds on our lightning round. So the same questions we always ask our our awesome guests just to gain a little bit of insight, maybe a new read or a new hobby idea. So we'll start with um, Mike, a favorite book of all time or maybe a favorite recent read?
1: The one that just generally comes to mind is Inspired by Marty Kagan. Uh, it's very highly uh, relevant to the profession we're in, uh, which is why I'd cite it. You know, we, it's inspired how to build products people love.
0: How about a favorite hobby when you're not working?
1: I'm a baseball nut. In fact, I probably let it, uh, give off maybe ten percent of what, <laughs> what what's on my mind. Baseball. I, I love the game. Was raised on the on the game fan. Yes, yeah, I maybe played as a little league. Uh, I, I have I have four boys and little girl, but the four boys play. I, I'm a coach i watch any game, anytime. And, you know, if you're not a fan, that's probably like, I, I can't convince you to be. You just maybe have to be raised that way, but love baseball.
0: Okay, give a shout out to your favorite team.
1: Oh, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I, I was, I, was ready. I went to about 30 games a year as a kid. My dad, my two brothers, and I, we had season tickets. And then, uh, you know, I live in Indianapolis, now. I moved here 20 years ago. There isn't baseball. And so, you know, everyone here is uh, basketball and racing. And so, my, my love for the game of baseball is... Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm maybe misunderstood around here, but uh, it's just the way I was raised.
0: How about a favorite vacation spot? Uh,
1: this is a no-brainer as well. My family, uh, my wife and I are kids. Isle of Palms, it's an island. It's, a, it's basically like two blocks by three miles. It's off of Charleston, South Carolina. That's our happy place.
0: And Mike, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you after the show today?
1: You know, LinkedIn's a great one for me. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So, Mike Reynolds at Innovate Map, definitely find me on LinkedIn. You know, direct email and information's out there, Mike.Reynolds at InnovateMap.com. You know, we do a lot of uh, community work. We've got a better product, is our platform for giving back. So, we do blogs, uh, we've got a podcast. That's all under the Better Product brand. That's kind of how we give back um, our thought leadership. So, definitely check out the Better Product community. Uh, as part of how to reach either you know our, our our thought leadership or on LinkedIn from me directly.
0: All right, here's my truth you can act on today from Mike Reynolds. Number one, feed the prospective employee pipeline constantly, not just when you're ready to hire. Make stacking your deck with talented, culturally aligned individuals a habit. Number two, build capacity in your calendar to think. Emphasize the importance of bandwidth for brainstorming with all of your team members. Number three, build a variety of teams in your organization cross-functionally to move things fast and help your people bond. The culture that innovates constantly. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.